Hello. Hi. 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 Hello. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about building open, authentic, loving relationship. I'm curious about jealousy. I'm curious about polyamory. Does it just mean that you're fucking all the time? How can I tell my parents that my partner is already married? I'm curious about... How do you know when you're too busy to have another relationship? I'm curious about dominant and subordinate relationships. I'm curious about sexual health. How can relationships evolve with people as they grow and change? Welcome to the Curious Fox Podcast. For those challenging the status quo in love, sex, and relationships. My name is Effie Blue. And I'm Jacqueline Misla. And on today's episode, Effie and I are speaking with Cesar Aslanbash, a yoga teacher, emotional freedom technique trainer, a conscious living coach, and an all-around just magical human being. <laughs> totally. Cesar had a former life in the corporate world. She was highly skilled, highly compensated, but was not happy. Where have we heard that before? (laughs) Her journey to find her passion and power led her to yoga and to a deeper sense of knowing, being, and healing that she knew it was possible. Cesar and my path crossed in southern Turkey by the beautiful Mediterranean Sea, where we got the opportunity to spend a lot of time together, initially doing yoga and then some other somatic work. Inevitably, we've become friends and started to discuss ideas and exchange knowledge we've been cultivating. I've taken a class with Cesar and what I found so moving about her practice is the way that she incorporates story and imagery in her yoga instruction. I have trouble meditating or practicing yoga in silence. Frankly, I would prefer to run than to sit still or like stand still. So her storytelling and just a deep and obvious connection to the work that she is doing just allowed my mind to settle into the practice. Mm. Honestly, it's just it's hard for my mind to comfortably sync with my body anyway. So I appreciated Mm. the experience of like she just has such, I don't know, light and energy and joy Mm -hmm. and being in that allows your body to calm and your mind to open mm-hmm. and listen. And so I, I enjoy her. Yeah, I, I experience her to be an anchor, actually, for me, anchor into the present, because, you know, we talk about this all the time. I'm the same. The only reason I'm being able to meditate now is because I spent years learning to meditate in motion because I just couldn't meditate sitting still and I just I was only able to find that muscle through moving meditation and you know I got the opportunity to work with Cesar by luck and what I found her to be is not only an instructor and a guide but an anchor into the present yeah I think the thing that I most found most fascinating about our conversation is the idea of pausing and letting things sink in. I think that's the thing that I struggle with. I'm so action orientated Mm -hmm. that I, you know, um, immediately something comes at me and I'm like, what am I going to do about it? And do, 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 do. Mm -hmm. And I keep trying to solve like feelings, problems with mind solutions. Mm -hmm. You know, like I feel uncomfortable now to do list of next steps. And Mm -hmm. as much as I know that I should be doing it differently. And as many times as we have conversations with guests who are telling me to do it differently, I need every single reminder that I can get. Absolutely. I think, frankly, it's the same with her. I think that's why we all got on because her instinct is the same. She's a doer and she had to learn to be a 
a being, you know, because of that, there's a lot of empathy. There's a lot of uh, mutuality and understanding that like her instinct, she's a doer. She comes from the corporate world like us, you know, mm -hmm. high achiever, uh, perfectionist, planner, always on time, doing a million mm -hmm. things, lists like that's her life, too. And she had to do a lot of unlearning and untraining and uh, and to then to find find herself and bring her to where she is today, and I think that's why I find that I can I can connect with her and in, in such a way that I'm able to, because I'm like, oh, she walked the walk, you know, she's she's just like she's on the same journey. So yeah, yeah, and she gave such beautiful examples in this episode, really practical tips, mm. really uh, stuff for the people who who are very woo woo, stuff for the people who are very rational, analytical. Mm -hmm. Like there's something for everyone. This is not your mother's meditation session. <laughs> this, is, this is like mind body practice for the modern world. And yeah, it was good. Yeah, absolutely. And some of the concepts that she introduced us to like blew my mind. So yeah, I mean, her unique approach to working with boundaries is I think is, is honestly, I think it's kind of revolutionary. She has developed a way to kind of get in touch with your boundary through meditation or, or she, she doesn't call it meditation. She calls it, um, focusing, which, uh, which I love. Mm -hmm. And it's like super effective, super interesting. And I feel like every time I speak to her or work with her, I learn something new, which is so precious to me. And I'm so glad she was available to chat with us. Yeah. So listen and enjoy. Hi, Cesar. Welcome to the show. Hi. <laughs> We're so happy to have you. It's so good to have you joining us all the way from uh, from southern Turkey. So I'm also so happy to uh, have this conversation with you. Nice. I had the pleasure of meeting you and connecting with you and, and doing a session with you at some point and have been excited about this conversation because you brought something different to yoga and focus than I've experienced before in the way of storytelling and just you had such joyful energy in the way that you approached me and the work. And I'm hoping that in the course of this conversation, some of your joyful energy will rub off on me. <laughs> <laughs> It's so great to hear. <laughs> I hope the same thing. So, Cesar, you have been doing a lot of work around the body, like somatic work and the body and the mind. Um, but your start for this journey is somewhere completely different, right? You kind of started with very high level schooling and then it's straight into the corporate world. Uh, would love to hear a little bit of your journey that took you from where you were and brought you to us to here today. Yeah. <laughs> yes, actually, 10 years ago, maybe uh, my ideal life would be completely different than today. Uh, because I was, like you said, I was in corporate world and I was always dreaming about the things that uh, I just get interested around me. Uh, Probably from today, I can say that it wasn't so. I wasn't so authentic uh, at that time. Uh, I just lost the connection with my inner self, maybe or true self. That's why I was always looking for outside to find the things that make me happy or content or fulfilled. <laughs> so in that corporate world, I was actually doing fine, and my career was uh, going fine, um, but. I have that unbearable feeling that I was really, really 
unhappy and dissatisfied with everything actually even with the meal that I eat uh, that's why I was also going to a therapist that time uh, and I figured out that I lost that connection with me because she asked me okay I understand what you don't want in your life but what you truly desire and I just got a blank face <laughs> because I, w- I, I, I wasn't capable to answer that question because I didn't know that After this realization, uh, I tried to get in touch with me uh, again. And I tried different ways. First, I met with meditation, my meditation guide. uh, And then I just went to uh, India to take some trainings and spend time in ashrams and the other uh, spiritual ways. Also, I was asking, like you say, I have an analytical mind and a modern way of seeing world, so I am not so that kind of spiritual. So uh, I also get some training in more analytical way to satisfy my reasoning side, the mind actually. Mm. Uh, so I now I'm trying to combine these two things with also uh, contribute my own experiences. Uh, and I, as a cocktail, let's say, uh, I am trying to get in touch with myself and also try to share what I have learned on my journey. I think that's so. I, I, it wasn't a determined way of living. <laughs> Actually, I am just trying. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, but that sounds exactly right. I mean, the fact that you are saying now, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I am connected to myself and I will follow that compass essentially. So we'll see what happens. I think is, is the way in which we're trying to move towards living as opposed mm-hmm. to what you described before, which was a pre-described plan. And I love mm-hmm. that you started by saying that 10 years ago, you would never have had this vision for yourself. And I'm sure you're so much happier now. I've thought about that for myself. There were so many times where I prayed to the universe for a particular outcome. And I'm so grateful now that that didn't happen. (laughs) That the universe didn't listen to me. Because that person then and what they wanted is so much more different than, than what I want now. And so much of your story resonates with me. I I founded an organization called Crafting Your Path, which is exactly what you described. We do all the things that people said were going to make us happy. We got the job and the relationship and the money and the apartment. And then you're just not happy and you're confused because you're like, I did all the things. Yeah. But also you feel some kind of lonely at that time because when you try to share your uh, the things that you carry inside you and all of your friends or colleagues or other people just say, okay, don't be so spoiled because you have everything, you have nothing to worry about. Yeah, for sure. I think it's also confusing. I think it's, you know, I I definitely, when I've been in that spot, it felt angry because I feel like I kept my side of the bargain. You know, I did all the things that I was supposed to do. And I'm like, I was promised a life, you know, like that was the other thing that I felt. I was like, hold on a second. I went to the schools. I got my corporate job. I, you know, raced up to ranks. Like I was promised happiness. Like where where is my happiness? So I think there's definitely some anger there too. 
So tell me about the moment when you decide I'm leaving the corporate world and I'm going to India, because that's a big moment. I think in your story, you're kind of like, you're like, I was doing this. Then I went to India. Then I like, let's go back to that moment. Like, rewind. Yeah, rewind. <laughs> actually, actually, when you see that one and a half year of that time, it is kind of an eat, pray, love movie because first I got divorced. Yeah. <laughs> and and then uh, it was like a calling um, because my manager was pushed me a lot in a meeting and it was a spontaneous decision actually. I had that desire inside me but I wasn't uh, clear about my finance financial issues or other things and I, I, I don't have the I didn't have the courage to say that out loud uh, but my manager just pushed me a lot and spontaneously, I heard a voice inside me, please don't lie, because she was asking me, okay, are you thinking quitting or not? And I said, actually, I am. (laughs) And then I just quit. I was like a blank uh, page of my life. Uh, And then I said, okay, let's go and explore some other areas, uh, some other cultures, actually. Uh, because the east side of the world, I think, has uh, deeper spiritual uh, traditions. And I was so curious about them at that time. And still also it goes on. Uh, so I didn't decide, actually. It was just on a flowing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. To me, it sounds like you got in touch with yourself and then suddenly there was this inner compass Mm -hmm. that was kind of like pointing you in a certain direction and you trusted it, which I actually think takes a lot of courage. I think it's even if you, I think there's like multiple steps to this. I think even if you connect with yourself and connect with your inner compass and then figure out what direction it's pointing, I think it takes extra bit of courage to be like, and now I'm going to go towards it. Because as you do that's change and you know Jackie is all about change and we talk about change a lot in this in this podcast like that means you're now going towards change that means like everything that you know everything that you trust everything you can predict is going to change around you and you're going to have to manage that and trying to transform into this this new direction that you're going towards but also I can say uh, it was a painful, <laughs> it was a painful way <laughs> of living. I, I, I am not saying that it was so always rainbows and the stars. Uh, I, I, I remember that I cried a lot when I was uh, alone in India, nowhere that I can show you on the map. Uh, <laughs> and I wasn't clear what, I, what will I do when I come back or my future. I, it, everything was unclear and that uncertainty just gives you some other sensations <laughs> and they are also so uncomfortable uncomfortable to feel them yeah mm-hmm. when i asking for that connection i wasn't a place inside me saying uh, it's gonna be okay uh, you don't have to worry trust the universe because it is not the case because the world is not that kind of place to live mm-hmm. uh, so the soothing or advising parts weren't my uh, focus but i I was just mm-hmm. trying to feel that comfort in my body and mm-hmm. even maybe deeper levels. 
Yeah. I love that you shared that because I do think even when I share out my own story and, you know, I too got divorced and and tried to find myself and connect with deeper pieces of myself and, you know, struggled through issues in my current marriage and opened up and all these things. And when you tell the story, when one tells the story, it feels like, and then this change and this change, and it's important to say, and it was painful as hell. And I cried a lot. And I was really confused and I was devastated and I was broken and that brokenness and that hitting rock bottom also helped me connect to myself because there was nothing left. Mm -hmm. There was no other external markers. There was nothing else. You're just sitting with yourself. And honestly, for me, and, and I'm interested as we talk about kind of connecting to the body, I spent a long period of time not connecting with my body, living in my mind. And then once I started connecting and feeling, there was a lot of hurt feelings. And I was like, this sucks. Feeling is terrible. <laughs> what is this? Like all this feeling stuff. And now I'm anxious. Now I'm worried. Now I'm sad. All of the pain that I had ignored in order to find success and happiness washed over me when I was finally quiet with myself mm-hmm. and that was really hard. And so I appreciate you saying that even though it felt like eat, pray, love, it still was hard and painful and sad and confusing. Yeah. 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 yeah I think the thing that also stood out for me when I was hearing that part of your story is like the, the, what you said about uncertainty brings up other parts of yourself that you're not otherwise aware of, mm. like sitting with uncertainty, um, sitting with ambiguity. We talk a lot about ambiguity, um, which is essentially uncertainty, just like brings up all these parts of you, like different senses become alive because they think if you, you know, th- nothing is certain, but if you're living in an illusion of certainty, which is essentially what we live in, mm-hmm. not real certainty, but an illusion and certainty, it does dull some of our senses. Like we just like trust this illusion that we know what's coming next and we sort of move from there and it dulls some of our senses. I can totally imagine if you allow yourself to like sit in uncertainty and uncertainty in no, you know, in, in no uncertain words, like you're sitting there and there's nothing but ambiguity that like the senses that were dulled otherwise will just come alive because it's like a part of your survival. You're trying to make sense of it all. So yeah, very exciting. Yeah. I think the last thing that, that stuck out about your story is that that connection between your experience and your cerebral self, the irrational self, because Effie and I've talked about this, that we're not woo woo people either. And so once we like start to, to get into that space, we're like, what's really happening and what's really, and I, it it speaks to your curiosity because, you know, Effie's big turning point in her life was understanding her connection to relationships. And then she became a relationship coach. My big fear was around change and control. And now I'm a change strategist. You were focused on connecting with your body and now you do yoga. (laughs) We were like, what's the thing that feels really hard? I'm going to make that my career. (laughs) Yeah, because we know the pain. We know the things that the other people just suffer from. So maybe it it creates a more sincere way to touch other uh, people's hearts or minds. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 You're really coming from a, an empathic place and an experienced place rather than a, a theory place. And I think mm-hmm. even though there's a lot of learning behind a lot of knowledge, I think what makes it special at least, I, I mean, I, I think I can speak for all of us is that we also have shared experience. Like we felt those feelings, we fought those demons, we found our way, or at least in the process of doing that. Mm-hmm. And then we can, you know, we have a willingness to share and, and guide other people 
and be guided by the people that we work with, which I am sure is the same across all of us here as well. So yeah. it's so super interesting. So it says uh, your eat, pray, love journey, but but not the Hollywood version, the actual painful, real, full of feeling um, version brought you to your work today. So can you tell me a little bit about what is it that you do? Because here's what I do know about you. We do kind of reduce your work to yoga and meditation. And I know you because we've sp spent quite a bit of time in the last few months together and I know that what you do isn't just yoga and meditation we just say that because it's like easy to say and it's quick but what you do is a lot deeper and a lot broader than that so I would love for you to kind of tell us what is it that you do what is like the work that you do and 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 what is it that you focus on at the beginning of my journey, actually, I was trying to find ways to soothe me in the mind space because uh, I was believe I was believing that if I can understand it, then I can figure it out. But uh, when I just took the steps and I. I, I see some experiences. I know the right thing. I can analyze it and I can give some advice for myself, but I cannot bring them on earth uh, because I know, but I do the same thing again. I know, but I feel the same feeling again and I can't uh, find any other uh, solution. And that's why uh, I just get in a search that there should be some other ways of doing that. And that's why I just uh, took the yoga uh, training course and then the other, for example, emotional freedom technique training uh, and the other trainings that uh, brings our presence actually in our body. Um, because this is the best way to see what's going on inside me and also to communicate better I should know uh, myself a little bit uh, closer because when, when we talk about our emotions there are six or seven emotions that everybody knows and our emotion language or vocabulary capacity is uh, limited uh, just say up to 10 emotions anger sadness happiness and peace and etc um, but in a deeper level maybe i am worried but also worry has different layers and different sensations actually emotions aren't uh, so uncomfortable but the sensations are. So I just look for an, another way of living that emotions because everybody says that you should just uh, get through on that emotion. Okay, but how? I, I, I was, no, I should get through that emotions, but I don't know which way should I experience it. And then some, some way I just discovered the richness of sensations and the capacity to sense them. Uh, and I believe that everybody has that capacity, but because our focus so much externally turned out, that's why we lost that connection to feel that sensations. For example, the first sessions with my clients when I ask them can you feel uh, the couch that you are sitting on and people just say yes of course because uh, the sensations aren't that uh, so familiar to us to sense them immediately 
So we should also train our minds and also our capacity uh, to get them. And when you face some sensation linked with the emotion or a bunch of emotion, uh, then you tr- you begin to separate them and let yourself to uh, feel them because they come and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I am trying to uh, give that perception uh, to my clients, either with yoga or other sessions or coaching sessions uh, and the other ways that we get in touch with, that, with, with each other. Yeah, that makes sense to me. There's so much there. I think that this idea of, and I've experienced this, that it, what I heard you say is if you, first of all, that emotions have layers and that it's not the emotion that's uncomfortable, but the sensations. I love that idea because I think that's yeah. true. And that if you feel the emotion and sit in it, that it will actually pass faster than if you try to avoid the emotion. And I think that I've experienced that a lot. If you push it down, push it down, push it down until finally it's yelling at you or it is you can't now get up and you just want to sleep all day, that at some point the emotion will be heard. And if you give it space, it'll pass faster than if you actually ignore it. I mean, the rule of thumb is if you resist, it persists. Mm. So if you're resisting an emotion, it's exactly what you need to sit with. Um, and resisting it is only going to make it persist and push and get louder and more cons- consuming and take up more bandwidth. Because like like you said, Jackie, emotions are there to be heard. Mm-hmm. Imagine them as like toddlers that <laughs> want your attention. <laughs> the, the, more, the more you ignore them, the more they're going to um, uh, become unruly and loud and disruptive because they want to be heard and... and and experienced yeah Uh, and also it is kind of a tricky way because when you get in touch with the emotion if you are not uh, have the connection with your true self then you can be easily lost on the emotion as well i think when people just let themselves to feel that feeling uncomfortable feeling let's say it could be a very moment very moment Mm -hmm. Uh, when uh, someone just let uh, himself or self uh, to let that very sensations and emotion but if uh, they cannot root themselves to the present moment then like a float <laughs> the emotion can just take them and just place them anywhere in the timeline of their lifetime. Maybe it just brings out a childhood trauma or some kind of disappointment in the last relationship or anywhere else. So they are linked together. The emotions just link together. And we should preserve our anchor to the moment. I think this is the tricky part. Absolutely. I mean, I find myself what you just described, which is being kind of washed away by a flood of emotions. And I'm sort of, you know, disassociated. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. And I'm kind of disassociated and not in the present moment. And I'm kind of consumed by it, which I do think is a is a different experience than like sitting with the emotion, letting it come through you rather than push push like push you um mm. push you around so i'm curious to and 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 i do know like it's a lifelong practice to remain rooted in the present and sort of let the emotions come through you rather than push you around i'm curious to see what are some of the ways that we can start doing that uh, what are some of sort of how do we where do we start how do we even know to be grounded in the present how do we know 
how do we ignite our senses so we can feel more and, and have an understanding of our capacity? Maybe the first step could be label our emotions, but not like that. I'm just sad right now or I'm so worried. But even to label them in that way, maybe we can try to express ourselves in a more sensation way of language. Like I feel there are a rock just pushing my chest and I can't breathe. Maybe it could be grief, maybe it could be worry, maybe it could be sadness, I don't know, but I just get the sensation. And also it makes us easier to connect with others as well, because maybe, for example, anger can be practiced or experienced different for each of us. But when I say I have a rock on my chest and it just makes me uh, harder to breathe, then everybody can understand me and have an empathy with me. So maybe we can change our language. Uh, the other thing that we can try is always bring a bit of our focus on our feet. <laughs> Because uh, maybe it's so cliche, uh, but I think this is the best way, the simple way uh, to feel that we just step on this earth. We even may I trigger with my childhood trauma or uh, another past event, or maybe I can be lost in the ambiguity of future. But now I am present, and the first way to remind myself is to feel up my feet and not mm -hmm. the feel them. Maybe you can bring your attention to the weight of your feet or maybe your hips, maybe you are uh, sitting on a couch, can you feel the weight of your body? And maybe this could be a good idea. And also for the boundaries, to realize my boundaries, uh, first I need to uh, be present, be present right now. And the first thing uh, maybe can be that, are you aware that you are breathing, you are alive. Can you feel that uh, vitality any part of your body? <laughs> uh, the first thing maybe this one, because we are all living uh, in our bodies and our bodies are the fundamental space that we live. <laughs> and to get in touch with our body, that's why it's so important to have some boundaries. For example, right now we are all sitting in a space, maybe in a large room or a tiny room, it doesn't matter. But you have the perception of the room with your body, not only with your eyes or not only with your mind, but also just try to feel the space between the walls and with your body. Just try mm -hmm. to feel it. It's probably different than your mind. It probably gives you a different sensations. Maybe you cannot find a word to describe it, but you sense it. First, you need to, uh, like, drawing a line just next to your body, just next to your skin, and then feel the boundaries just next to you. Maybe the walls, the ceiling, the floor. And then you may realize the boundaries emotionally or intellectually. Mm -hmm. First, you need to 
step on your body, then you may get some other signals from the other boundaries that you have. I love that. Is it clear? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I love that. I, I, I love that. Uh, I just like this idea of the first boundary to really master is the edges of yourself, where you like where you end and like the rest of the world begins. Having an awareness of the, the edges of yourself is like the physical boundary that you have in the world. And then sort of starting from that, like really sort of figuring out the way that your feet touch the ground, your thighs touch the couch, the way that you orientate yourself in a room to then know this is the space I take up, take up and this is the edges of me. And I think that's a great place to sort of start practicing your boundaries in the world. Yeah. Start with the physical ones, you know? And I think I can definitely speak for myself I lose touch with that boundary all the time. In fact, if I, I mean, I talk about this a lot on the podcast about, you know, I, my main practice is something called five rhythms, which is a moving meditation practice. It looks, looks a lot like dancing. And what I realize when I practice five rhythms for a while is that my sense of orientation changes. Like I know, I, I, I know that I'm back connected in my body because I know my, where my body is in relation to everything else in the room, including things that are behind me. Like it's a sense that kind of grows. And if I don't do five rhythms for a while, I realize I kind of become this like like this cerebral person that I bump myself all the time. Like I I'm like I, I'm covered in bruises, and and it's because I've just like I, I'm not in touch with the edges of myself. So mm -hmm. like when I turn around, I like whack my knee on the uh, on the chair, or I become this sort of like clumsy person because I just don't have a sense of my my physical body in, in, in the world. So it's, it's so, it's so interesting to hear you talk about it in that way. Cause I'm like, yeah, like that's how, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. What also resonated with me is that idea of knowing the space between myself and the walls and the ceiling and the floor actually feels really comforting. At first, as you were describing it, I thought that it would make me feel claustrophobic, but I was doing it as you were talking through it and it felt I think that when I'm in the depth of pain, I feel like I'm going to get swallowed up and somehow knowing, no, there is the wall and there's the floor and there's the ceiling. Like I am surrounded in a space, in a physical space, and I'm not going to get swallowed up in it. Those boundaries actually felt healthy and comfortable, almost like swaddling as opposed to feeling claustrophobic because it felt like this is me in this space. And so I appreciate that distinction because I think that, again, when, when I allow the flood of emotion to carry me away, it feels as if nothing can stop me. And now I think being aware of, no, there are physical walls and floors around me. I'm okay. I'm not going anywhere. Somehow that reality actually feels really comforting. Yeah, actually, I was saying the same thing, uh, and you give the example. Uh, I I think that's great because when we are just uh, being swollen to an uh, uncertain place uh, because of emotions or other things, uh, we just switch our neurons to fight or flight mode. And it brings us to a more fragile uh, state of mind uh, to it becomes more e easy to get triggered with everything because everything we see, we can relate with a threat. Uh, so it becomes easier to get triggered. Having that 
sense of boundary just around yourself, the physical boundaries, reminds you you are not in a fight or flight. You not, you you don't need to be in a fight or flight mode because it is not a uh, there is nothing threaten uh, your life. You are safe. Maybe you're struggling something. Maybe you are uh, going through something, but you are safe physically. So it just click on our nerve nerve system. So our reactions to the same uh, events may differ. If we are aware of the boundaries and we are safe in a place, even maybe with our bodies, uh, it just uh, helps our nerve system to become calm and react upon it. That makes a lot of sense. I think seeing things from a triggered place where we're looking through a, a filter of survival mm-hmm. definitely puts a different spin on things. You know, I, I can see how you wouldn't make the most, uh, you wouldn't make the best decisions for yourself or the decisions that will serve you the best when you're just thinking about surviving. And again, the thing that I find that comes up for us regularly and all different episodes that we do with different people that we do, there, I feel like there's certain points that we arrive at. And I think one of those things is the sense of safety. And that comes up in so many different areas. It comes up when we talk about non-monogamy, we talk about attachment, when we talk about communication, like so many different areas. It's, it's that sense of safety, feeling safe and, and knowing what it feels like in our body to be safe and regulated seems to be like the first and the foundational step to so many different aspects of our lives and when we're not there when we are in survival mode when we don't feel safe when we don't have um, a good sense of like what does it take me to feel what does it take for me to feel safe and what do I actually feel in my body in my mind when I am safe Mm -hmm. I think those are the those are so fundamental and I think just finding ways to get there Today we're talking to you, Cezanne, and we're talking about a somatic way of getting there. Whatever it takes for you, anybody who's listening, like find the way that gets you to that place where you feel safe in your own skin and then start making decisions from that place, I think is probably what I'm getting away from this. I'm, I'm taking away from this. I'm interested in how what we're talking about translates to emotional boundaries as well. As I hear you talking, Effie, about feeling a sense of safety and we've been talking about feeling emotions, part of what's what's coming up for me is sometimes my resistance just to feel anything. And I don't even mean feel like emotions. Like there are days where my partner will say, what do you want to eat? And that question will take me 10 minutes to answer because I am not even connected enough in my body to know if I'm hungry or if I, what I would want to eat or what I want to do that day. And so I'm wondering if there is a connection between this and relationships and this and knowing what I want, what I should be advocating for, what I should be moving away from or moving towards, like how can this practice help ground me in my emotional boundaries? Uh, I think also there is another trick here because all of our expectations are so big because we all have some emotional luggage and also some belief systems and also some uh, subconscious uh, way of seeing the world. And then we realize somehow uh, there could be a better way (laughs) to live this world. And we just try to shift our perspective the way that we just learned uh, 
so close today. Mm. <laughs> so I think also the expectations should be step by step. For example, being present in your body is the first step I said. Uh, and just experience it. Try it. It is also uh, applicable to you as well. Maybe not. <laughs> But like you say, Jackie, when I say the wall and the body and the sense between them, maybe with your mind, you may say that, oh, okay, so ridiculous, so I won't try it. Or maybe you say that, mm, yeah, it could be nice, so I will just try in a day. <laughs> But you just try immediately and say, told us your feedback. So uh, maybe with this thing, maybe with the boundaries, maybe we should just also say uh, and try step by step. Maybe you may first start with your meals or the sense of hunger. But then also when you just have a conversation, maybe uncomfortable conversation with your partner, just give your time a little and see this, if this is the right time. Just see the boundaries. Maybe your boundaries are not respected in that moment. So maybe you, you need to leave that uh, space. Maybe you just need to leave that conversation at that time. So this is not a, like a pill, like you took it and everything will be fine. But you, you will grow that feeling because the senses are the senses don't know how to lie. So you need to rely them. But to rely them, you need to get more familiar with them. So yes, it is available to feel the emotional boundaries also, but it is affected with so many things around you. For example, you may you may be hangover at <laughs> that time, or you just uh, maybe woke up in a bad mood, or you just took a phone uh, from your colleague or so on. There are so many uh, varieties that affects our lives. So just be present, feel your body, your touch on earth, realize that you are alive and ask yourself first, it is the right moment to uh, sit with my emotions or not. Yes, everything that you just said was clearly directed exactly at me. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I was like, you're exactly, I was like, I am the person who learned something and now wants to apply it to everything in my life the next day. And so I appreciate the reminder, one thing at a time, just try it in this instance and try it in that. And I also appreciate the invitation to ask myself, is this the right time to try this thing? Am I in a bad mood? Did I just get off a bad call? Am I menstruating? Am I hungry? Am I, and maybe that's not the right moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're a hundred percent right. I do not get, I don't ask myself that question. I apply it to everything. And so that is a takeaway for me. I need to give myself permission <laughs> to pace my learning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not your learning, your application, I would say. My application of the learning. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Cesar, I have a question for you. So I'm, I'm totally with you on like asking yourself about, is, it this, is this the right time? Do I want to do this? When I think about that, I think of that as an intellectual experience, right? Because I, I live in my head. So when I hear you, my immediate reaction is to, is, is, is all in my head. Like I ask the question in my head and I'm waiting for an answer to come out of my head. 
my guess is that that's not where the answer is. Mm. So I'm curious if you can help me understand how to how to ask that question and get a more integrated answer, get a more whole answer than just like keep rolling it around in my head, which is my which would which is like my immediate reaction to things, right? Um, first. I think uh, sometimes some questions are so important to us, like uh, live or death matter. That's why we associate with them so tight, so attached with their questions. And we just forgot we have a separate being apart from that question. Mm -hmm. To remind this fact to ourselves, the first step is to create a secure place the place that we feel secure the physical place <laughs> i'm talking mm-hmm. uh, and then the other ways uh, we need to separate our true self because in our even in our minds we know we are much more broad than that question that's why uh, to separate ourselves and set some boundaries from that question and my true self. For that, I am doing a kind of a vagus nerve practice. Uh, Maybe I can talk a little bit on that. Physically, I am just drawing some boundaries with my hands, just open my arms and try to feel my physical boundaries by saying we and you sound like And I'm doing this thing for five breaths and putting that question just next to my boundary. Invite that question. Can you, uh, for example, maybe it would be easier to talk on an example, just like me thing. As you're thinking of an example, let me just explain to the listeners what I'm seeing, because I think it's really important. So when um, Cesar is making that sound which which i need to learn how to make um she has her hands stretch out and she's kind of waving them into what feels like she's making an invisible um sphere around her so she's kind of stretching them out and moving them around making circles and creating an invisible um, sphere around her a bubble yes like an invisible bubble so like she has both of her hands stretched out in front of her and to her sides and she's like waving them around and creating a bubble what I actually love about making sounds, which I think is probably why people use OM and other things in meditation, is that the humming drowns out the noise in my head. So it's completely silent. I can still hear my thoughts. But if I'm making some sort of humming sound or now this sound, somehow I can like click back into my body and my the noise yeah. goes down. And you're also activating the vagus nerve, which I know Cesar is going to tell us about, which is like this kind of crazy thing that you can do. It's like bio, it's like a fun biohack thing you can do. Tell, okay, I'm sorry. Give your example. Go back to where you were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I, I was thinking like an example. For example, I had a guy uh, that I dated and I am turning the question, should I call or should I wait for him to call me or should I call? Or blah, blah, blah. And then this becomes the main question of my <laughs> day. And then I may try just do the sound 
and try to set a boundary for myself in a secure place. And I feel my feet, my heart is beating, I am alive. And this question is real. And this question just gives some emotions and sensations on my body. And they are also real. And also I need to react upon that question. It is also real. Everything is real. Nothing is imaginary. So I just put that question just next to my boundary and I say, do I really want to contact him? The first question is that, do I really want to contact him? Maybe it's a broader way of saying the question in another way. If I say yes, okay, do I want to take the step now? Because it shouldn't be, maybe I will be the one who calls, but it, the decision can be made another time. It is not so urgent I, I, because the speed also is like an enemy for us <laughs> because in modern life, everything is so fast. So we are always trying to feel fast, think fast, act fast. We are in a, even on YouTube or other channels, we are increase the speed of the contents <laughs> because like we don't have time. Mm-hmm. Which question uh, that comes to our minds, maybe our re- reaction could be slower. Mm-hmm. Just just see the thing. So I see the question and I see, I ask in a different way of the same questions and try to feel them on my body. Maybe I can just feel, for example, the main question was that I have a guy that I dated. Should I call him first or should I wait for him to call me? Okay, maybe this is a big question. (laughs) So uh, try Mm -hmm. to set them a little by little, like I say, step by step. Okay, this is the right time. Mm -hmm. Should I want to answer answer this question just that time, just now? Or it is, mm-hmm. it is okay for me to give a minute or two to sit on this secure place. So like a friend, maybe uh, with this somatic uh, way of living, because somatic means body, bodily uh, sensations, like a form. Uh, like you say, we all live in our minds, so it is hard for us to connect with our body. But see this thing, I, I am uh, sometimes imagine like that. Something happens, some event just happens. It just, also it has some vibrations, and let's see, we can uh, see them. And the vibrations of that event or that question just uh, touch first on my mind because our mind's boundaries are wider than our body of course mm-hmm. and if i let them to touch my body so i can reflect them on my body mm. so give some space and some time for myself in a secure place it is so important <laughs> mm-hmm. because otherwise uh, i can perceive that event or that vibrations like a threat Mm -hmm. and react like a a reaction of a threat. So let myself 
to feel that sense of security. It is also so joyful place to sit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just let them vibration come vibrations come to your body and see what happens in a curious way of waiting. Mm-hmm. I don't know this this answer your question or absolutely it's it's a great answer it answers a great answer and it's it's just there's so much there i'm like letting it i'm letting it touch my body (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i'm taking various notes that's the distinction i'm like writing as fast as i can and it is it's beautiful this idea that it hits our mind before our bodies and that we give it time to hit our bodies. I love that because I that I just associate with that so yeah. much because yes, th- this idea that your mind has a broader boundaries than your physical body just resonates with me so much because that's yeah. like, I feel like my mind is boundless and my heart is boundless, but ultimately my physical body has its own rigid foundation, like uh, boundaries and letting things hit that physical boundary um, so that I can fully sense and be in touch with my own self and this thing that I'm trying to, to handle is it is a revelation this is a moment of revelation for me and also your body is more solid so it is more strong than your mind or your heart your heart can be broken easily maybe you are not in the mood or uh, it's a bad day for you so your mind can bro- break easily your heart can be broken easily but your physical body it is so hard to get harmed. Mm. So true. So true. I was going to say, this is like washing over me now. It's amazing. I'm wondering if the practice is the same depending on where you are on like the sensitivity spectrum. Mm-hmm. Meaning for my whole life, I pushed away my feelings and compartmentalized them so that I could live in my mind because I thought that was a stronger way to be. And now as an adult, I'm really practicing getting back in touch with my body and my feelings. My daughter is on the other side. She lives in her body. She lives in her emotion to the point that sometimes emotion is too big for her. Her emotions and someone else's emotions can be too big for her. So when she is feeling guilt or pain or shame or hurt or sadness, sadness, she almost shuts down because it's so much and she can cry and scream and like, doesn't know what to do with all of these feelings. And for me, that's hard to watch because I've gotten so disciplined around holding down my feelings while she is just out there expressing and emoting. And I'm wondering if the practice for each of us in that moment is the same. When I have shut my feelings down and her feelings are pouring out of her, do we both need to get quiet and kind of create a boundaries bubble with our hands and feel our feet? Like, is the practice the same no matter where you are? I will give a practical answer for that question, but on a spiritual way, <laughs> in a spiritual perspective, I want to tell a story. And uh, maybe you know that Zen story, it is said that there was a master and there was a student of him, and he was saying that, okay, I don't understand why we are sitting here, try to watch our breath and try to feel our sensations. I don't know what will it serve. And then the master says that, okay, just grab a big spoon of salt and a glass of water. And then 
the student just brought and the master just mixed them and say to the student, okay, drink it. And the student drink and say that, oh, okay, it tastes like hell. So why did you make me drink it? Blah, blah. And then the master says that, okay, just grab another big spoon of salt and just take a walk to the lake. And then they just went to the next side of lake and just mix the salt with the lake and grab a glass and offer his student just say, drink it. And he drank and said that, okay, oh, it's so fresh. I feel so much better right now. And the master said that, okay, we are trying to nourish our capacity to embrace with that salt. Mm. Some kind of hard facts can be faced uh, our lifetimes, but Either you can be a glass of water or you can be a lake. Hmm. So some kind of big spoon of salt doesn't uh, differ so much in your taste. (laughs) So, uh, of course, I understand when your child has some kind of emotion that she cannot contain by herself, then as a parent, you have the responsibility or because of that loving relationship, you contain that emotion for her. And with your containment uh, capacity, you also create an ideal for her for example something bad happens but you know how to contain it maybe you can just sit with it maybe you can cry or let her cry or let her scream to express all of her anger but you contain her you always said okay you can do anything you can sense everything because i'm here and you are safe you don't need to worry about anything i'm here you are safe So express it, (laughs) feel it. So Mm -hmm. it is easier for her, obviously, to leave that feeling, emotion. But as an adult, for ourselves, we only have ourselves. If we are expect other ones, maybe with our partners or maybe with our parents or friends, if we expect them to contain that space and time for our emotions to be expressed, then we can be easily disappointed mm-hmm. because they don't have that responsibility. Even if they love us, they don't have responsibility. Maybe also they are incapable to contain their own emotions. So how how should they can be contain our emotions to be expressed? Mm. So we need to, with that somatic feelings, we let our emotions or senses or the vibrations come to our body and touch our skin. We just step by step enlarge our gloves hopefully all of us uh, turn into a lake at the end (laughs) but we are trying to be in that kind of containment but to do to get there maybe you can try regular practices to feel because you don't need to wait for a big thing to be filled (laughs) Uh, maybe you can just feel the boredom it's the easy way to start. Or maybe you can start with feeling the joy. It's a really nice place to start. 
to get in touch with your sensations. Or you may try the woo sound. Maybe you can also Google it uh, because uh, the, like you say, the humming, humming sound and also the other uh, tissues around our oral area makes the signals that our uh, nervous system to be more calm. And also maybe we can discuss in an intellectual level, because I also believe that, uh, like we do right now, it is important to uh, satisfy our minds with the knowledge, with the information. Then we need to try. Then it, it will maybe turn out uh, in an experience and then internalize and becomes a way of doing it. I love that. There's so much there. Be a lake. That's going to be my new motto. Be a lake. <laughs> I'm going to like put that on a post-it and put it near my phone when I am having certain <laughs> phone calls. It's just going to be like, be a lake. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what I'm going to remind myself. And maybe you can turn it mute and then make some kind of woo sounds. <laughs> yes, I love that. I totally yeah. love that. That is going to be my new trick. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's all, this is, there's so much to it. And it's so fascinating. And um, thank you for sharing all this stuff. Yeah. What we would love for you to do, and I think we'll probably do this as a as a separate recording, and we'll we'll let everybody know where they can find it. But I think you're going to do like a guided meditation for us, right? To sort of combine everything that we talked about to just get people started on how they can connect with their body, how they can make a woo sound, get a boundary around them, and then sort of ask these questions in a, from a what sounds like to me in more of an objective place, more of a, from a healthy distance rather than sort of attached enmeshed place where you can't sort of find the edges of yourself and, and you can't sort of, uh, you can't get your head above the emotional flood. So, I, I mean, I, I, I think this all is like super fascinating stuff and um, there's just so much, so much food for thought. This is going to be know. one of these episodes that I'm going to be like listening back. <laughs> listening That's back exactly what I was just thinking, that I'm going to have to listen to this again and like take notes again. Like I'm going to listen to this episode a few times to absorb everything uh, that you have shared. It has been thank brilliant. You. Because our experiences are so rich and also it was, it was these things wasn't on my mind before we uh, talk about it and also I, I, I need to listen again and <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to have you on again we'll have to have you on more to completely unpack it and we'll do that what we'll do is we'll, we are going to invite you to record a meditation for us and we're going to put it on Patreon so that our patrons can um, experience this along with Effie and I um, but before we do go we have four questions that we would love for you to answer so that we can get to know a little bit more about you so the first question that we want to ask is what is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self about love sex or relationships definitely as long as we talk i would definitely advise her uh, that get in touch with my body a little bit deeper and a longer <laughs> uh, time because i'm um, probably it would uh, help uh, myself to be more myself in my relationships as well as sex as well as love everything i love it yeah 
Um, okay, next question. What is one romantic or sexual adventure on your bucket list? To be more adventurous because <laughs> I am uh, likely to be more, let's say, dominant <laughs> in the relationships. But I want to let myself a little bit more. Mm. Okay, cool. Okay. We can talk about that offline. I can send you some adventures. Cesar, <laughs> <laughs> um, what is one way that you are challenging the status quo? Uh, I think, uh, like I say uh, in this conversation, uh, I date the guy and I'm saying, should I call him or should I wait, blah, blah. But I think the coolest thing that I should just behave like myself. I mm -hmm. think I challenge this status quo because maybe there are some rules around myself or my friends' advice. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think the coolest thing is mm -hmm. to be myself. I love that. Yes. Love that. Here, yes. here, here, here. The coolest thing is to be myself. I love that. That is going. That is going on at one of our quotes uh, on our Instagram for sure. <laughs> And okay, so last question: What are you curious about lately? Uh, I'm so curious and also so enthusiastic about belly dancing. <laughs> Yes, we talk about this. Because everything that we talk up to here is also accessible during the belly dancing, you know? <laughs> so uh, I, I, it's an amazing area of my life. Nice. I, love that. I love that and it's true like belly dancing for those of you who don't know like comes from your core like the apps like it's it's dancing from your absolute core and you need to kind of like get in touch with that core get strong and then express yourself in motion from your core so absolutely yeah it's hard yeah, we should do like a belly dancing lesson or something i want to do that yeah <laughs> yeah you should definitely try the curves and the waves and the depth of your belly <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Well, thank you. We loved it, and we can't wait to have you back with more realizations and stories and wisdom for you to share. Yeah, thank you so much. You are also so kind and so welcoming. Thank you so much. Whoa, whoa, whoa! My mind is officially blown. Yeah. And I, yeah, <laughs> that's my response. Yeah. I, know. I am, I am lost for words, which is rare. I just feel there was so much there. I, yeah. first of all, love her, love her. What a wonderful spirit. Yeah. Resonates so much. I want to do like 18 episodes. Just want to like break down <laughs> Every, every little piece. First of all, just the fact that, and I love when we find kind of kindred spirits in this way, but this idea of success will come with happiness and that our path towards happiness actually brings us further away from ourselves. I mean, you, you know me well, and for years, that is like, that story is like what brings me to life. What makes me both joyful and furious is when people mm -hmm. come to that realization that this drive towards an external expectation of success brings us away from ourselves, like makes me mm -hmm. furious. But the, the pursuit to find to get back into that inner message is like mm -hmm. my it's, it's my life's work. 
And so hearing, you know, hearing her story, her like, you know, tragic eat, pray, love adventure. (laughs) Um, Right, right. At the same time, there's something about people who do find their path back to their, you know, inner calling. And and they are, you know, some of this is hard work and some of this is luck that you're able to align your passion, purpose and paycheck and feel fulfilled by the Mm -hmm. thing that you're doing and find your path back to that is is a feat on its own. And the fact that she's done it, you know, what we're trying to do, you know, we do it. It's hopeful to me as well. Yeah, I agree with you. And let me say, there is no, it's not a destination. It is just a journey on a different path. And so you Mm -hmm. and I, every single day, continue to try to stay aligned with our core and listen to our, Mm -hmm. you know, inner compass and often go astray and then have to be led back. And so it's just, Mm -hmm. it's daily work. It's like being in an open relationship. It's like being a parent. It's like being engaged in, in health and wellness. Like they're good days and they're bad but you're on the journey. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, this is the thing that I, I say often, just because we know better, that doesn't mean we do better. And yeah, like, yeah, we know yeah. what the right path is. We know being aligned is, you know, is going to bring us happiness and joy. Uh, yet we get caught up in our rationalization and understanding and rumination and fear. And we, you know, stray off the path, stray from the path. And, you know, we find our way back. I think actually that was one of my biggest takeaways from the conversation is I believe that if I can understand it, if I can rationalize it, then I can fix it. Mm -hmm. And she talked about that too. And I'm, and this imagery that she talked about where that our, our minds are more expansive than our bodies. Mm. And so the situation will hit our mind before it hits our body. And we just have to be patient before we come up with a mind solution to something. That really was powerful. Totally. Because that's it, it's exactly how I show up. It's like, oh, here's the situation. Great. Think your way out of it. Instead of feeling any of the things, like don't feel. Mm-hmm. I'm like Elsa. I'm like, don't feel, don't reveal. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it never works for me. So why do we keep doing it? I think it's just about using the strongest strongest muscle you have i am the same rationalization is my Mm -hmm. number one defense mechanism and i same Mm -hmm. if i understand it it won't hurt me if i understand it i can you know problem Mm -hmm. solve my way out of it if i understand it it will Mm -hmm. you know somehow you know be different and yes over and over again i try to understand my way thing you know way around things and through things and it doesn't work and same i think this idea that Things hit our minds before they hit our bodies was a huge game changer for me because I do live in my mind and my mind does feel expansive and it is full of information and knowledge that I've gathered, which makes me feel safe. Like I I feel the more mm-hmm. I understand something, the safer I feel. It is an illusion. And because mm-hmm. it's so expensive, it is picking up. It's like a radar. It's picking up things way before they actually hit me, you know. And I am so blown away by this idea of like, just hold tight, like hold your nerve that extra little bit and let it hit your body and see what kind of a feedback and direction you're going to get from that experience is truly mind blowing to me. I'm like, I am now on a new path. Yes. Yes. It has changed my course. Yes. And this idea that our bodies are stronger than our minds and can withstand that. And even, I mean, we talked about that, right? That, that first of all, that emotions have layers. 
I love because mm-hmm. it's true. It's not just worry. We talk mm-hmm. about that with jealousy, that it's a cocktail of other things, but that's true with anxiety, mm-hmm. with worry, with fear. Mm-hmm. There are layers of emotions and the emotions in them of themselves are not uncomfortable. It's the sensations that come with them. But mm-hmm. when we don't allow those emotions to sit with us. When we fight against mm-hmm. them, it is actually much more painful than if we just sit in it, mm-hmm. just sit in the thing. And again, I know this. I know that it is easier to just sit in it and to let it pass. It's like having a good cry again. And, but I don't do it, Effie. I'm going to do it now. I'm going to keep practicing it. (laughs) Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, and again, going back to the thing, just because we know better doesn't mean we do better. I know as a motto, Mm -hmm. say it to clients all day, every day. If you resist, it will persist. And yet, you know, I know the thing that I'm resisting is the thing that I need to sit with. The thing that I am like mentally running away from is the thing I need to run towards. I know these things, but this goes back to what we're saying. Just because we know, just because we understand, it's not effective. You need to internalize and feel, feel it in the sensation level, feel it in the body level. Only then change will come. Yeah. One of the hacks that she shared that I thought was really helpful was this idea of describing the feeling versus labeling the labeling it. Because mm-hmm. again, I think that is when I say I'm work, I'm worried, I'm anxious, I'm afraid. Those are my brain trying to translate a feeling. And when she describes instead saying I have a rock on my chest that makes it hard for me to breathe, mm-hmm. like that description. I think she talked about number one creates empathy because other people can be like, oh, I've felt that before. But that's just Mm -hmm. so much more accurate than trying to label it. And so that's something I'm absolutely going to try after this conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of the work that I now do with my therapist is around that. Like, you know, I feel this way. Mm -hmm. And then like, just where is it in in your body is a question that she asks um, over and over again, which I really appreciate. And the work that I do with Cesar, same like, where is it in your body? How does it feel? Can you describe it? Um, also allows you to really like sit with it as well. Like it just, if you can find it in your body and like concentrate on that area and try to work with it at that level, um, it really gets you to like mm-hmm. feel the feelings. That is literally how you feel the feelings, mm-hmm. which is something honestly until this conversation that I hadn't, I mean, I know this idea we, we say all the time, feel your feelings, feel your feelings. I'm, I've mm-hmm. just got to a next level of understanding of what that means, where you like literally yes. feel the sensations of your feelings and let them come through your body. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's like mm-hmm. I, I know this, but I feel like I've just like leveled up in my in my knowledge and and sort of <laughs> I've inter- I think I might have just internalized it for the first time. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's so true. It's like a video game. I feel like Super Mario, and I just like you know hit a mushroom, <laughs> and I'm like do 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 do, and I'm like the next level, and I'm like white and running real quick. Like I feel like energized by this knowledge. Yeah. And actually, as soon as I said that, I'm now thinking of what Cesar said, which is don't apply everything at once. Take things. One yes. at a time. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Try like because because of course, knowing me, I'm like now everything is different. And mm-hmm. instead, I love that she was like first work on feeling safety or feeling hunger mm-hmm. or feeling desire, mm-hmm. and then ask yourself, is this the right time to apply that lesson? Both of those things, mm-hmm. I think, were beautiful pieces of advice for me alone. If none of the <laughs> no one of the foxes out mm-hmm. there, if that resonates with no one. That was at least for me that I need to take things one at a time, try this out little by little. I love the idea of not just waiting for big things to practice this with. Mm. She's like, practice feeling joy. 
Mm-hmm. If you don't want to feel uncomfortable things and practice feeling joy first. I was like, oh, yeah, true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So a couple of things, actually, I want to say, you know, you're like, oh, everything has changed now. So interestingly, everything has is changed now because you know something now, like everything has changed. It might, it might not look different in application, but everything is different now, which is kind of cool. I think I mean like the pressure to apply it to everything immediately that allow myself Mm. to be a student of this new information and to practice it little by little and to grow in my application of it is more what Mm. I mean. That I often as a as an educator, as a writer, as a practitioner, I'm I'm always like now I know something and now I feel guilt or shame if I don't do it all perfectly across my life. Mm. And I think her was an invitation to just go slow with it yeah for sure in one of the sessions that i've done with her it was kind of i think it was the first time we've kind of digressed from our usual yoga and and guided meditation session where she kind of said she asked the question she she posed the question take some deep breaths look around you until you find something that you like that aesthetically pleases you so she was like take your time look around I was like, okay, mm. took my breath, like looked around. I was in nature, so it wasn't very hard. I found this like beautiful bougainvillea tree. And if you don't know what a bougainvillea tree is, I would really recommend you look it up. It has this like bright, deep fuchsia flowers. They're gorgeous. They're like the Mediterranean, mm. typical Mediterranean flower. It's gorgeous. And I saw like a, a, a bougainvillea bush that I loved. And I was like, yep, I got it. I got it. And then she said, how do you know you like it? Like I was like, oh wow, um, I know. I guess I like it. And she was like, well, how do you know? Like, what are what is telling you? What are the signs that you know you like it? That is, you're finding it aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. That was like the first time we digressed. I was like, whoa, this is a huge question. And it was like similarly, just like finding the sensations, finding the emotions, like finding the clues and the anchors that tell you this is what it feels like when I like something. Yeah. And then to like know that about yourself so when you're going about in the world and you're like oh i like this i like this i like this because we we are we are so focused on i think what we don't like often Mm -hmm. i don't want this i don't want this and we talk about Mm -hmm. boundaries a lot and like drawing lines the things that you don't want it was it was an incredible exercise and like how do i know i like something you know um and that was kind of like the beginning of our beginning of our sort of deeper work together Mm I've done that I, when I am felt disconnected to myself, I've often gone running. And as I run, I list the things that I know I love. So I'll, as I run, I'm like, I love the ocean. I love bubbles. I love Greek food. I love like, I just am like, what do I know about myself to be true? And I list those things out for myself as like a reminder, like you're in there, you're connected. Okay. Like let's focus on our, on ourselves. What's cool about what you said, though, too, and and what reminds me of something that she talked about is often I think about meditation and focusing and my eyes are closed. And I love, A, that you're looking around for something that you that you enjoy Mm -hmm. looking at. Also, she talked about looking around and realizing that we are safe, looking at the walls, looking at the the ceiling, looking at the floor Mm -hmm. and that like when we can realize and recognize that and remind ourselves that we are physically safe, it allows Mm -hmm. that click in our nervous system to help us get out of fight and flight and freeze mode. 
And mm-hmm. that is very true. I never thought about that because in those moments of argument, in those moments of stress, I'm like, I got to get out of here. I got to. And it's I can just like look around and be like, there is no lion. Mm-hmm. There is no <laughs> there is no lava. Mm-hmm. Like there is no immediate fear. You're mm-hmm. fine. Take a breath. Take a walk. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I like that idea of like just essentially leveraging all of my senses. For sure. And I think also just remembering that you're a physical being in the world. And for somebody who lives in their head, I forget that I'm a physical being in the world, that I have edges and I have Mm -hmm. like a a physical form in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So, so many things. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to practice the invisible bubble. I'm going to make a bubble with my hands. I'm going to mm-hmm. gonna find the edges of myself. I'm going to remind myself that I am safe. I'm going to practice feeling joy. I'm going to practice describing my feelings instead of labeling them. And I think the last thing that I really took away, I love the story of the master and the teacher. You know, you can be a glass of water or you could be a lake. Be the lake. That is my new motto. <laughs> be the lake mm-hmm. is what I, I'm posted on my laptop and on all my life. I just need to be reminded, be the lake. I love that. I love yeah. that. What a beautiful human being and what a fantastic conversation. Absolutely. And I can't wait to have her back. She talks about so many interesting things. I am convinced that we'll have her back. Yeah. We will link her website and her Instagram account in our bio. So you can take a look Mm -hmm. in our show notes. And you should note, I think that her website and her Instagram right now are all in Turkish because that's where she is currently working. Mm -hmm. Um, However, she said that if you reach out to her and DM her in English, she will respond in English. So English is your preferred language. Feel free to reach out in English and she will uh, reach back out to you. And if you speak Turkish, then great. Then go on on to her website and her Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, and, and as you heard her, English is perfect. So um, she is more than capable of yeah. reaching back out to you in, in, um, in English. And you can uh, reach us um, also. Yeah, you can find us at We Are Curious Foxes on Instagram and on Facebook. You can follow some of our adventures in the stories. You can catch up on what we are up to in our latest blogs, the updates that we've done to our website and our podcast episodes. If you're interested and curious, then you can find out all that information on Instagram. And we encourage you to go to our website. We are curiousfoxes.com. We have been doing some updates and you can now look up the tools that we have been writing and teaching and talking about for a few years now we have an archive of it based on a topic that you're interested in so if you look up jealousy if you look up sexuality if you look up what else do we have their family if you look up dating Mm -hmm. then you'll be able to find the podcast episodes we're starting to load those on there but you'll be able to find all the blog posts that are there and if you want more if you want extra then you should join patreon because we are going to be adding a meditation from Cezanne on mm-hmm. our Patreon. We have videos on there from all of our teachings when we did workshops with educators live, when we had educators on Zoom. All of those recordings are there. We do events just for Patreon mm-hmm. members via Zoom and some other platforms mm-hmm. every now and then. So go on to Patreon, find us. And while you're on your phone looking up all these cool things, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, why don't you just like or share or rate the podcast? I mean, you're here anyway. Mm-hmm. You're about to click onto another podcast in a minute. 
just while your thumb is hovering over that section, just share, <laughs> share with somebody else. Just follow, write a little comment. We love it. Put some stars next to it. Mm-hmm. We really go for that. And then lastly, if you have things that you would love us to talk about, if you have questions for us, then you can reach out to us by giving us a call at 201-870-0063. Or you can send us a voice memo or an email at listening at wearecuriousfoxes.com. This episode is produced and edited by the uniquely accurate and quick Nina Pollock, who makes us sound so much better than we actually are. Our intro music is composed by Dave Saha. We are so grateful for their work. And we're grateful to you for listening. As always, stay curious, friends. Curious Fox podcast is not and will never be the final word on any topic. We solely aim to encourage curiosity and provide a space for exploration through connection and story. We encourage you to listen with an open and curious mind. And we'll look forward to your feedback. Stay curious, friends. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious.